What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today, 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 all right, sorry. <laughs> today, Legend of Korra, it's time, part two of the uh, Avatar pod that Mike and Mondi helped me uh, create. Uh, Legend of Korra, we talk everything Legend of Korra. We talk the best characters, the best plot. We talk about that ending, best moments, the evolution of bending, everything. Uh, this is the sequel series to, of course, Avatar The Last Airbender. We had a great conversation. Um, it was brutally honest as well, and I guess you'll hear that in the pod. So uh, stick around, guys. This is a really great episode, really informative, really great conversation about this entire universe. Um, guys, if you're new to the pod, please hit that subscribe button. I do release content every Monday and Friday. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me that five-star review. It really helps the pod grow. And I think that's it. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. Uh, Part two coming it. back to back. Yeah, all Let's right. Get it. Yeah, play back to back before this. Uh, I'm not doing that. Okay. Mondi. Mondi, Mondi, Mondi. I probably won't. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Yeah. There's um, a small podcast based out of Atlanta, Georgia. We got to find them. <laughs> Varric, Varric voice. I was going to say, oh, I thought his name was Varric. Varric, whatever. Okay. I thought it was Varric. Anyway. I think it's Varric, too. I haven't. <laughs> I swear it's Varric. Okay, so guys, we're here to talk about <laughs> The Legend of Korra. Um, I'm going to be totally honest. I haven't seen The Legend of Korra since it uh, debuted. 2012. Which was in 2012. Um, and looking at this run sheet, I don't think I've seen season four at all. So. <laughs> oh, seriously? Because <laughs> I, I was sitting here looking at it and I was like, yeah. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, but, you know, we'll, 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 yeah, the ride. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, I got Mike and Mondi here on the pod, guys. They're going to help us talk about Legend of Korra, how awesome the series was. Mm-hmm. Mondi, let's do it, man. So, Legend of Korra, continuation of The Last Airbender. Um, a lot of a lot of hype going into this show. Um, you know, they had a lot to like live up to. Many people are, are kind of on the consistency, I believe, that it's not as good as The Last Airbender, but it definitely holds its place in the in this world as being a, you know, a really good follow-up, a really good show. Uh, many people actually... Okay, well, I'll let Mike kind of get into this more so, but many people do not like Korra as the antagonist. Mm. I felt the same way at first, um, but then as the series goes on, I think her growth is very monumental, and it, you know, by the end, I'm definitely, I can tolerate Korra. I like, I like Korra, I'd say, towards the end. But did, did y'all know that Korra was actually based off of Katara? Because of the, 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 the reception that Katara received from The Last Airbender, people really, like, really liked her character a lot. And so the the creators knew that you know the next bender had to be a water bender, so they wanted to just base it off Katara. So that's why she kind of has like similar features and like characteristics as Katara, like the strong will or whatever. Hmm. But interesting. Nonetheless, let's kind of get into the characters here in the Legend of Korra. Um, well, well, first before I even get into the characters, what were you guys' thoughts when you first heard that you know the last Airbender is well that that universe is coming back with the next the next Avatar? Like, were you guys super excited? Were y'all like pessimistic? Like, what were your thoughts? My brothers and I broke walls. We were happy. Okay. <laughs> okay. It broke walls. Yeah. Like broke down walls? Like in your house? Yeah, literally. We oh, okay. put holes in walls. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Earth, that's what's what's I, I, over I, here. Okay, that's why I started. <laughs> okay, so that's how I started learning to be a carpenter. We kind of did that frequently and had to patch up holes and paint over them before my mom got home. Damn. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, he seemed excited. Julian, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the I thought I was excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what yeah, excited it is. Yeah, clearly. Um, no, nah, man. Yeah. I was, of course, I was happy. I was on board. Um, I mean, uh, especially after what they just put out. Mm-hmm. And I think this was only, this was like maybe three or four years after That's The it? Last Airbender. I think so. Oh, I thought it was like a long time. I think, I think The Last Airbender ended in like 08. 
Okay. Ish. Okay. So if I if I remember correctly, so yeah, I mean, this came out two thousand twelve, so yeah, four years. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was excited for it. Um, for some reason, I, I don't remember it premiering on Nickelodeon. I think you had to watch it on Nick dot com or some shit because this was like around the time that streaming was really taking off and people just weren't watching TV anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was excited for it. I mean, and I I, I watched it faithfully, yeah. the first three seasons at least. <laughs> yeah, I watched it for the first season, and like, like I said earlier in the last pod, you know, the season two gap was just so long, I kind of fell off. But I was able to rewatch it again when it dropped on Netflix this summer, and I and I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Um, let's get into the characters here. Uh, Korra, the main character, the 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 next Avatar waterbender, mm-hmm. she came out the gate very contrast to Aang. She was ready. She was which all, I loved. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Like yeah. I, I know, like p- people are saying that she was annoying. I'm um, sure she was, but I mean, yeah. every character that you don't know in the beginning is going to be annoying as shit. Uh, Aang was, Katara was. I mean, the only person that was real cool was Sokka. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Korra. Debatable. To you, Korra. Uh, <laughs> Korra was was great. Um, I, I I love that she was ready to throw hands. <laughs> I, I I love that she bust out. I'm the Avatar bitch. Like, <laughs> Deal I, with it. Yeah, like, three elements all the yeah, all rip, like, like five yeah, years old. Yeah, like I was like, let, let's go. Like let's get it. Yeah. And yeah, she she was a beast. I, I loved it. I, I love Korra. Mike. Yeah, I loved I loved her in the beginning too. I was like, yo, that's a prodigy among Avatar standards. Like you said, five years old and she's out bending fire, water, and earth. And then like the White Lotus person, when they were look, they saw her, they were, like their jaws would drop. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. This is not supposed to be this way. Yeah, I liked her like that too. Like and the the contrast to Aang with her ready to throw down whenever. I love that too because something that that you know kind of got stale sometimes with Aang was the fact that he was such a pacifist and such a airbender to where he was like, yeah, I'm not really trying to fight. I'm trying to find every other solution first. And it right. was nice to have somebody that was ready to throw them hands first. Mm-hmm. And think very little. Um, next. Ooh, <laughs> shots. Shots fired. Hot take coming soon. Um, oh. Next person we have on the list here is Mako. Um, you know, he's it says bowling on mine. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, he's the firebender of Prince this, Zuko. Uh, this new team avatar. <coughs> yeah, he's Prince Zuko, uh, great value Prince Zuko. Um, I actually did not like Michael at all. Um, I thought he was just everything that they tried to make Zuko over again. Again, but, yep. But, but they just took all the cool elements, like no character development, <laughs> no scar, like no scar. Like this dude, <laughs> and then he tried to be a player. Like he tried to get Asami and Katar. I mean, and um, Katar, Korra, no. or whatever. <laughs> like. I don't know. He just wasn't suave to me. He didn't have that. He didn't have a mind for for our for battle. So he didn't bring any intelligence. Uh, he, I mean, he's a he, don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a capable firebender by sure, but his character did did absolutely nothing for me. The epitome of meh. When um, that's my opinion anyway. When when we were introduced to him and Bolin, like they were both just like some street punks, honestly, and yeah. they weren't like they I don't know they, they weren't like extremely relevant. Like yeah, like okay, Bolin was the earthbender. Mako was the the firebender, but both of them both of them fought in that little uh, what was that the pro bending pro the, the pro bending league. Which first of all, that was that trash. was awesome. I thought it was trash as well. What? Yeah, you couldn't really you couldn't really at the, demonstrate your bending powers at the height of what they could be in that pro bending league. Yeah, it was more so like a strategy based. Yeah, thing. it was. It so? was more. It's because I mean, well, it was a game. It wasn't like right. It was a game. It wasn't like yes. the gladiator arena was like. All right, suit up. Is, is that what you wanted? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Okay. Get well, in there and fight. Okay. <laughs> all right. To the death. Bro, throw this lion on you. Okay, so yeah, that's not what I was looking for. So okay. I mean, I, I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, no. I, I was cool with the little strategy thing and mm-hmm. like the the different. I mean, just just, just to see how 
how updated the, the bending was and like how it wasn't the same old yeah. you know so like like it was, i liked it i really enjoyed it That's i mean cool. i didn't i'm sorry i just i just didn't think that way but, but yeah you thought Mako, yeah Mako, he, he was yeah great by prince zuko yeah mike trash okay Okay, moving on. Bolin. Now, this guy was even more annoying than Mako because <laughs> Mako was meh, right? But Bolin was unbearable to me. And I know many people, many people love Bolin, actually, but I'm sorry. I just can't get on board with this guy. Um, Bolin is a knockoff of Sokka mm-hmm. uh, in every sense of the word. He, I mean, he's a bender, obviously. Sokka's not, but he wasn't funny. Like, if you're going to be the comic relief and have a joke for every other, you know, word, like, at least be funny. Um, it I was just funny thought, sometimes, but yeah, the I mean, majority yeah, of the yeah, time. He, yeah, yeah, like I said, he, he was – but from – I wasn't laughing. I was mostly annoyed by him and his antics. And, uh, yeah, Bolin just didn't do it for me. Um, this is one of the main problems I had with The Legend of Korra was that the team Avatar and The Last Airbender, we loved every character for the, in, their own, in, their own, in their own way. But this, like, yeah. the, this new team Avatar. It's not um, looking good. <laughs> yeah, they, they're just knockoffs of previous people. Like, like if, if you're going to try to go different, go different. Don't don't try to do knockoffs of The Last Airbender characters. So, so I had trouble. I had problems with both Mako and Bolin. But uh, I like the zombie, but I'll get into that later. Um, did you like uh, Bolin, Mike? <laughs> Bigger trash. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bigger trash. Yes. I have. Yeah. Bolin. Yeah. Move on. Okay. Asami. Now, this character was a redeeming aspect of the new teen avatar. I At first, I was like, okay, whatever. She's a rich girl, whatever. But she really has some character <laughs> development, especially with the whole thing with her father and how she had to choose a side, you know, um, and, you know, and then later down the line with the romance or whatever. But. Uh, I like the Sami a lot actually. I, she she brought something different to the team. It was a breath of a breath of fresh air, um, in my opinion. And I liked her technology prowess and you know her intelligence or whatever. It was a different kind of intelligence <coughs> than Zuko's intelligence. I mean, than, um, Sokka's intelligence. Like he was very battle strategy. You know, she's more so like I'm just literally like a genius at like science and shit like that. So I like that. Tony kinda, Stark. Yeah, I like that <laughs> whole aspect of it. But Julian, what, what do you think about Sami? Um. Other than what you just stated, she was kind of just mad to me as well, okay. to be completely honest. That's fair. Um, I mean, I completely understood her importance. I mean, especially when it comes to the, the manufacturing of the, the cars and shit. But I just didn't, especially early on, like mm-hmm. from from what I remember, she was like a like a I don't want to say she was a background character because that's not fair. But she wasn't in the forefront of many of the storylines. So she was just kind of like whatever to mm-hmm. me, honestly. OK, Mike. No, uh oh. <laughs> She's all right. He's gearing up. <laughs> yeah, so much to say about last year, but you're not, you're not feeling these uh, new characters, which is fair. I like No, Tenzin. I got I got I got stuff to say about okay. them, but yeah. was, I got stuff to say about them as a whole. Got you. Okay. Um next, moving on. This is one of the re- highly redeeming aspects of uh, Le- Le- uh, Legend of Korra. Is another character, Aang's son, like this guy, Tenzin. They could have easily made him another just, you know, Aang, I guess, peaceful. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, he is peaceful, but he has his own Voiced by J.K. Simmons, which is crazy. Yeah, um, he was a definitely shining light in the show. <laughs> um, I love Tenzin so much. Uh, did you guys like? Well, Tenzin and his family. I like his son Miko, whatever Milo, annoying as fuck. But that nigga was hilarious. First I get of all. I get his purpose. <laughs> and then we had Janora uh, and Iki, mm-hmm. um, who had higher importance throughout the show, especially Janora. But yeah, I like that that whole um, situation with Aang's family and him trying to. Feel the burden of trying to, you know, bring back the air bring nomads. back the air nomads. Yeah, it was yeah. a very compelling storyline. I love yeah. Tenzin. Tenzin. Tenzin's awesome. I mean, yeah. he was he's my favorite character in the show. Um, which I I don't know if that's really saying anything, honestly, which is mm-hmm. kind of sad. But yeah, like not only is he is he badass as a bender, but um, he has the cutest family and like his, his youngest son. Milo's uh, ugly as fuck. That about? nigga was hilarious. <laughs> bro. I don't care what he okay, says. Okay, can, can we agree he's ugly though? Like, like as hell. 
No, he wasn't. Like, he looked like Aang. He was like six. He looked like Aang. No, his head was like he just didn't have any like dents in his head. Like a fucking like a like a nine o'clock shadow. Like six years old. Come on, that's not fair. He's still a kid. He's got to grow into his head. Was bigger than his damn body. Like this nigga was ugly as hell. Be won't lie, he got more head. All right, whoa, whoa, hot take. He was funnier than Bolin. I agree with that. Okay, is that a hot take? Yeah. Well. For the writers, it probably is. Like, oh, okay. Blitz, Blitz our guy. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tenzin, great goat. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, Mike. Tenzin was great. I I loved the fact that he also was ready to throw hands when <laughs> when it came time to it. It was no hesitation. It was on site with what's his name. Um, uh, like it, and also the way he his personality. I like his personality too. Oh, yeah, I did too. Like even though he was kind of like a little stuck up, a stick in the mud kind of. Yeah, sticking the mud. I like his personality, and I especially like the fact that he <laughs> that that he broke off an engagement to get with somebody else. Yeah, I was like, this. I could get behind that. <laughs> I could get behind that. I just think he needed to have more kids because if you're trying to, you know, repopulate the air nomads, you should be pumping them out. I don't understand why Aang didn't do it, but but that would essentially make his wife a breeding machine, and I don't think that was. Uh, that was you take on concubines, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, honey, you got to understand what we're trying to do here. I'm gonna get Max- all thirty of these women pregnant. Thirty. Max Kellerman voice. Stephen yeah. A, are you implying that he has conjugal visits inside the bubble? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I'm implying. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm implying. Yes, Max. You're going to make me say it. But yeah, okay. Uh, let's move on to that uh, that engagement you were talking about. Lynn Beifong, the daughter of Toph Beifong. Uh, badass. I um, I liked, now she, even though she was, you can say a carbon copy of Toph, she had her own, she was different in, in a, she was different enough to be her own character and stand out and I kind of didn't like Lynn at first, but then when you see, you know, her background or whatever and why she is the way she is, I love Lynn. I love Lynn. And she she took metal bending to a whole new level. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on Lynn Bayfong? Oh, man, I think she's a true G, bro. Like, yeah, she that's another one of those, like, highlights of that thing. It's, it's funny that I look at this show and I look at Team Avatar's children mm-hmm. and I'm like, they are so much better than the new team avatar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's for me, it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Lynn, I absolutely love Lynn. Like you said, with the metal bending, the way she was doing it and the fact that she could run around with a metal bending, like a suit with metal on it. Yeah, she was dope. And how she was using it, swinging like she's Spider-Man and all this mess, whipping yeah. around. I was like, yo, she is, she's, she's awesome. She's mm-hmm. amazing. And I see why Tenzin had to break off the engagement. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch is crazy. You saw a power well, No, not because of that, because, I start looking at it and I'm like, well, look what happened with Aang and Katara. When you get two people who are benders, mm-hmm. you don't know. You have a chance. You have a third chance of the baby coming out a bender, a water bender, a uh, air bender, and then uh, a non bender. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the same thing would happen. It would have been air, earth, or uh, it would have been air, earth, or uh, non bender. Or, or mm-hmm. you never know. Genetics, bro. It might have been water bender because he's half water bender, technically. His mm-hmm. mom was. So. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a random thing, and I kind of like, well, it makes sense to get with someone who's a non-bender then, because you kind of take that list and you shorten it a little bit of what the possibilities are, because you want to put out airbending children. Yeah. Yeah. And also, she was kind of crazy, rough. She was great. Anyway, look, Lynn, Lynn, Lynn. <laughs> Lynn was great, yeah. Um, I think I think the, this, she, she was perfect because... One thing the Legend of Korra did, like I spoke about earlier, is that they they completely re reinnovated what we thought bending was, yeah. especially in metal bending, and especially with her. Um, like uh, it's just it was it was insane just to see the things that she would that she could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she she was awesome. 
Yeah, and I kind of compare like the new bending, like because like you said, like as time goes on, it's, it's gonna just improve. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like what Pistol Pete did, like when, when he was out, like <laughs> oh he's amazing, and he see what Steph Curry's doing now, like oh shit, like that's really amazing. And right, and then I'm, I'm pretty sure 50 years from now, like Steph Curry, like what the fuck was that? Like look, look, look what this guy's doing, you know? Like what I'm saying? Shooting from half court on a regular. <laughs> yeah, like so it's just it just kind of show to me. I, I thought it was kind of exaggerated, but that point was definitely made in the show. Like it, shit is getting more and more. You know, advances like, mm-hmm. but the biggest problem I had with the advancement is the technology, which I've expressed with Julian before. Like, the technology, I get it; it's gonna jump as time goes on, but it jumps so far from last year. Yeah. It was to, what to eighty years in the future, though, right? I mean, bro, that's that's eight, a, that's generation. How much they did, bro? They had cars, years? planes, like goddamn. I mean, but like, radio, it was it like, was it was the bare minimum. No, of that. bro, they, they, these these niggas had BMWs no, in there. They like, had radios, <laughs> like yeah, they was driving like, around with I mean, Rolls Royce. Yeah, like that kind of bothered me to be honest, like. That jump, that techno, that technological jump, whatever you, you could say it was their industrial revolution or whatever, but I don't know. That just kind of bothered me a little bit. But did, did, how about you guys? Did that kind of bother you, like the that new technology? Um, I did think I did think the technology jumped a little too far, but mm. it didn't really bother me as much. Okay, um, because you saw that there was certain things that like the bending inspired with the technology. For example, like the only thing that kind of bothered me was the fact that now every firebender is a lightning bender. Mm. And it was like oh. it was stated like in, the, in like in the old in the last Airbender that you know this is a very ancient technique that only the masters can really. Well, they practice. were only teaching it to royals though. Oh, okay, okay, that yeah. was the thing. They were only teaching it to the royal family back yeah. then. But so you can know every other people could have learned it, but it was one of those things that was said that was kind of like a. Um, it, they made it kind of special to where it should have been like, hey, everybody's not going to be able to do this. But then you get in here and everyone's doing it. And they got people, firebenders, just shooting lightning to power up the city and all this. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I mean, all right. So you took something special and now you just said, it's not special anymore. Except for like when I looked at it, I didn't see anybody that was redirecting it. Well, yeah, there's that. That's not going to be everybody's doing. But also it didn't seem the benders that we saw shooting lightning. Mm-hmm. In Avatar, which would have been, you know, Iroh, uh, Iroh, Azula, and uh, Zuko, and Ozai. Their lightning was ridiculous. It seemed more powerful than the one. Yeah, like when I see the streams of lightning they were shooting in there, mm-hmm. it seemed a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. It was a smaller stream coming out, and it didn't seem as powerful. You know, just looking at the animation of things. Now, they were shooting it quicker. Yeah. So, I mean, there might be the drawback, like, hey, you know, we might shoot it faster now, but. It definitely didn't seem to have the punch that the lightning did back in the day. Okay. And Julian, as you said earlier, that the whole technological events didn't bother you at all. No. I mean, this was two generations after Aang. I mean, after what we've seen. I mean, mm-hmm. so Aang was 112 when he was the fully realized Avatar. And he lived until he was 80-something well, shit, two. I don't know how fucking old he was. Basically, it was it was. I mean, it was almost eighty or ninety years after we saw him. So, okay. I kind of accepted it. Okay, uh, so let's kind of get into uh, you know the actual story beats of season one, book one, air. Um, Korra meets Mako and Bolin. She kind of has a romance for Mako. Mako's not feeling her. He kind of goes with Asami. Which is you know, understandable, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was a little too much of a tomboy. And yeah. you telling me I got the tomboy or I got the Eris, but at the same time she was the Avatar though, so there's that. So, yeah, 
<laughs> okay, okay. See Mike's thoughts on it. Um, you got little... biceps bigger than mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she does some big ass biceps. Yeah, bro, her arms were. Bro, if you look at the pictures, her her back was defined through a shirt. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. Through a cotton shirt. It's <laughs> not supposed to happen. But yeah, so I mean, little did he know the whole love triangle thing was that appealing to y'all, or you just kind of seen it before? I, I think this series did take like the love aspect more, like because these kids are older, so they, they can yeah. deal with more adult things. So. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool, just how they kind of had more like adult themes in this show, and also they kind of realized that the audience of Last Airbender kind of grow up as well. You know? Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I think right along with what you were just saying, like you know, when when Ang's story was out in 05, mm-hmm. we were twelve and eleven. Yeah. Ang was and, just blushing at the bitch, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I'm gonna punch, but basically, okay. Yeah. No, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. As <laughs> as as you know, as as the story goes, we grow older and all that. So. Mm-hmm. What was the question? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let's talk about the big bad of the series. My, in my personal opinion, he is the greatest villain in the show. Some people will argue Zahir. Some people will argue Ozai. Um, Amon, like this guy, he literally was menacing. Like I remember, like I watched it recently and I was like, and you know, I watched it season one, but like in 2012, I was like, I, I literally feel like he could really take out Korra at any minute. Like you don't really feel that with a lot of cartoon villains. Like, okay, he's the villain. He's going to get beat at the end. Like, that's just, that's just like the natural progression of things. But with Amon, I felt like he could really just, like, kill, like, any main character at any moment. And he had, like, a very threatening presence. And I loved Amon. His ideology was dope. Um, what did you guys think about Amon on the scene and his threat that he brought to Republic City? I mean, I – dude, I, I'm trying to say that I don't remember. Okay, well, if you don't remember, then, you know. All I remember is that he had a mask. Okay. And that he could blood bend. Yeah, but that we didn't know that until the end. But yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, all right. So, <clears throat> all right. So this this is going to be kind of so. I have two things. So as a whole, mm-hmm. I think the villains in Korra were infinitely stronger than all the villains in Avatar: The Last Airbender, outside of the Fire Lord. Okay. Even that's debatable. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if everyone in the and I don't know if all the vil- I don't think all the villains would have been able to take Ozai. A couple of them, yeah. Amon, he could blood been. Yeah, I think Amon could take Ozai. Amon, Amon would have been able to t- probably take Ozai. I don't know if I don't know if Amon would have been ready for the just the raw power of Ozai though. That's, he could that's blood bend. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I, no, I think Amon could have taken Ozai. Now yeah. Zahir, I don't know. I don't think Zahir could Kuvira, have. Kuvira, I don't know. I definitely don't think Kuvira. She was a she's a walking lightning rod. She <laughs> definitely <laughs> wasn't taking Ozai. And then Unalak possibly could have taken Ozai. We, I think Unalak. I think Unalak could have. Unalak was on another level of water bending too. Yeah. But okay, so that 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 out the way, there's a, they're on a whole other level in, in in the original series. I think as a villain, Amon was great, not only because of his abil- his uh, his ability to fight and everything. Mm. Amon was a freaking mastermind. Man. Yeah, he was. That's one thing that impressed me about that first season. I was like, oh, okay, y'all got somebody who not only can really throw hands and can just blood bend whenever. This man is smart and conniving and come up with and his planning was impeccable. Mm-hmm. So I really loved him as a villain. And like you said, yeah, I think he could suck out everyone. I think it was plot armor that they won against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Power to be honest, I think it was plot armor that the Korra, the new team Avatar, won against all of these villains. Was plot armor? Of mm. course it is. I mean, because the, the, first off, mean? they're weaker than the original team Avatar outside of Korra. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are in way weaker than mm-hmm. the original team Avatar, and they have way harder villains to fight. They should have got mopped up by all of them. Okay. That's, that's definitely a take there. That's um, fair. I, now, I would agree with you that the villains in Korra are definitely in a different league than the, besides Ozai and the villains of uh, Air Last Airbender. 
But like you said, but like I kind of stated earlier, that kind of goes with the hand in hand with the whole bending has gotten better. Yeah, so, everything's evolved. Yeah, everything's evolved. So, I mean, so yeah. I'd even say that this is a hot take. Many people hate to hear it, but even though I like Last Airbender as a show better, Cora would have given 12-year-old Aang hands. Like, oh, no, she definitely she would have. Of course. She would have murdered no, but many people on Twitter, like, I've, I've seen, I've, I've made it to be, I've had responses like, oh, no, Aang's way better than Cora. Like, okay, as a character, what? she may be sure. <laughs> but when it comes to fighting... No, Korra yeah. would have whooped Aang's ass. Whooped yeah. Aang's ass. That's what I said. Outside of Korra, the rest of that yeah. second team avatar is weaker than the first team. Yeah. But no, Korra, Korra would have. And like, I don't even know if him. it would have been close. Honestly, like nah. she, she's such a fierce fighter. Like Aang, like Aang would have tried the running shit, and then he would have went Avatar state. But I mean, if she does the same thing, mm-hmm. it's her right. Avatar state should be more powerful because technically it draws on Aang's experience as well. And and also, guys, when I say. Korra is beating Aang. I'm talking about season four Korra, this, which is the strongest we see here in season three Aang. I'm not talking about... Mm-hmm. Now, season three Aang, I think he'd beat season one Korra. I think he'd beat season two Korra. Season three, I don't know. But I think he'd beat season one and two Korra. Um, now, I'm just talking about them at their pinnacles that we saw him in the show. Yeah. Um, moving on. Um, and Aang was a prodigy in himself, though. Because keep in mind, this dude, like, people don't... He was 12 years old when he saved the world. Like, he beat the fire. Lord. That's pretty impressive. Anyway. He mastered... Well, technically, he didn't... Well, no, yeah. He mastered. They say he mastered all the elements. Well, no, they, they, they say yeah. he didn't. No, they, they say he, no. They, it is it is implied he did not master firebending. He learned I, firebending. I said the three elements. Oh, really? Well, I said oh, D three, yeah. but three elements. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? Katara, Katara told him he's a master of water. I don't think Toph ever acknowledged him as a master of earthbending, though. Toph isn't going to acknowledge that nigga. <laughs> it's Toph. <laughs> Anyway, back to Legend of Korra. Um, so you kind of touched on it earlier, like the whole Amon backstory. I thought was super dope as well. Like him and Tarlock. Um, Tarlock is another uh, member of the council seat in, on the Re- Republic City. They are they, they are kind of like revealed to be brothers back in the past on the, the Northern Water Tribe. Their father was uh, a guy named Yukon, Yukon, who apparently was Aang's biggest villain after Ozai. Um, he had, actually had Aang on the ropes, as we see in a flashback, adult Aang. Um, then Aang managed to tap into his energy bending and take away his bending. And so, Such a hack. Y- yeah, it is. Yukon taught <laughs> Tarlock and Amon how to basically um, blood bend. And then Amon had, had advanced it to the point where he could blood bend without a full moon. And so could Tarlock, but he was definitely way stronger than Tarlock. So it was just dope to see that. Like the whole time, we're, we're, we're like wondering, how can this guy take away somebody's bending forever? Like, what is he doing? And then we find out it's through us. It still never explained it really how he's doing it with blood bending, but I don't know. I think he was just blood bending, and because, you know, your chi can get blocked and you can't bend. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense that if you're blood bending, you can just block someone's chi up in there while you're doing it. But chi is something that isn't it. physical. Chi yeah, is. but, you know, there's pressure points you can hit to stop somebody from bending. So why can't you hit it with whatever the water inside their body? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean. I mean, I'm willing to accept it as a fan. I, I mean, that's I wasn't just, that's just my, it. that was just my assumption. Of yeah. it, like you said, they didn't actually explain how he was taking bending away that way. Yeah. And I thought it was very cheap at the end how Cora just got all her bending back out of nowhere. But um, yeah, so basically this, this season finale resulted in uh, Tarlock. Um, Amon thought he got away and Tarlock ends up killing both of them for the greater good. Um, you know, it was, different. it was a different kind of ending than we thought we'd get. I kind of wanted to see more of Amon going forward, but... Uh, even in his one season was so impactful. I think he was the best Avatar villain that we've seen so far. Yeah, um, all this talking is making me want to rewatch The Legend of Korra on Netflix. Oh wow! Okay, good. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> did any of you guys sorry have any, any more thoughts about book one before I go into book two? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, one thing I want to get off my chest about this: I cannot. I understand they're older and everything. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand, and you know what? They're probably going to, oh, you're toxic and all the this, flashbacks. blah, blah, blah. No, I can't stand all this, this estrogen, all right? I'm be real and honest. 
I did not want to see a teenage girl going through her whole teenage girl thing emotionally. Oh. That's what I didn't want to see. What do you mean? It got old really quickly with me. With Cora. Okay. When her whole love thing and her flipping back and forth because she's a teenager and she's a girl mm -hmm. and she don't know what's going on with her emotions and body change and all that and I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but the whole the whole emotional high school thing mm -hmm. that we've all seen and gone through, I did not want to see that in Avatar. I mean, yeah. it makes sense to sit in there, I guess. I just it 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 irked me. My only my only, I guess, rebuttal to that would be Many girls grow up without representation, and so they see a lot of you know guys like stuff that that we go through all the time in cartoons, and maybe they don't want to see that all the time. So just to have them they don't. have their perspective of you know what they go through might be cool to them. So I mean, I didn't mind yeah. it, but I could. But to your point, I was just saying like, I just think they did a little. I just think that it didn't need to be in the forefront, in the forefront. like it was. Yes, that's what I mean. And then for like, because it was like that for but maybe like, my maybe series maybe maybe it wasn't for you though. Have you have you considered that? Nigga, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, okay. they gonna call me toxic on this. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, let's get into book two, guys. This book two is called Spirits. I thought this was by far the weakest season of any Avatar related thing. This it started off so goddamn slow, and it was a bummer because season one ended. It was I thought it ended so well. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board with this show. And I thought it picked up towards the middle and the end, but the Dude, first was, season two was worse than the first season of Avatar. What last Airbender? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought this season was just abysmal. Okay. Um, what were you guys thoughts on over uh, Julian? I don't know if you, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but what were you I guys mean, thoughts on from, overall? From from what I remember, basically, is that she had she had no real connection to her spirit air. Well, I mean, oh, to, to her to her airbending side because mm -hmm. she didn't have a connection to. Her. Her spirit side, so Correct. she was great doing everything Correct. physically, yeah. Yeah. but she couldn't do anything spiritually. And obviously, as the Avatar, that's not okay. So I, <laughs> yeah. I do remember her going through her, her whole spirit realm journey and it being very hard and seeing a whole bunch of weird creatures in the spirit realm. But I remember really checking out during this this point, like mm -hmm. to your point, like I remember it being not very fun, mm -hmm. and um, I, I do remember it being tough to watch. But um, she got it together, so that's the big takeaway from it. But yeah. Mike. I actually kind of like this season okay. because of course you, did. you got to see. Well, okay. <laughs> you got to see because here's the thing. You got to see that she's not the same as Aang again. Mm -hmm. She's really the polar opposite as, as far as it was because Aang was not physically that guy, but spiritually mm -hmm. he was that guy. He was, remember, Aang was from book one was going into the spirit world like, oh, this, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Let me sit here and meditate for two seconds and I'm in there. Mm -hmm. And Korra was like, I can't learn airbending and I can't go into this i can't contact with the spirit realm at all mm -hmm. um so i like to see that opposite because i didn't you know it's not you don't want to see the same thing over and over again if, especially if they're making a new show mm -hmm. um wrong <laughs> sorry <clears throat> right. um and i also like i liked our cousins bro Oh, yeah, as yeah, weird yeah. as they yeah. were, yeah, they were. Bro, they was about that life yeah no i agree so, so that, that, <laughs> even the weird girl who was like bolin you're gonna be my husband yeah <laughs> no, 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 no! You're going to be my husband. You don't have a choice in this. I like you. <laughs> no, no, I like them too. Like that's that's my next point. Like okay, so we we meet Unalak, who was Korra's uncle, um, who ends up being the main bad of the show, and then we meet his his uh, children, which is uh, Esna and Desna, e Eska and Desna, and the girl Eska is voiced by Aubrey Plaza. Who, well, I love her stuff from Parks and Rec and stuff like that. So I thought she brought a really you guys and these voice actors that you know. <laughs> I mean, is it, I mean she's a pretty good actress though. He's known actress. one. I knew the rest of them. Okay, anyway. Steve then, Blum did the voice of Analog. I'm really Cowboy mad. Cowboy Unalak. Una That's what I said, right? Yeah. You said Analog. Unalog. <laughs> who gives a fuck? I'm real mad. I, I mean, I mean Amon. Sorry. Amon. Okay. Yeah. Amon. Yeah. Who? Go ahead. Steve, Steven Blum. Who's that? Cowboy Bebop. Uh, um, okay. Yusuke. You, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, you said you loved Eska and Desna. I did too. Um, they're actually really competent waterbenders too. Like they're fire. Oh, they're as fuck. fire. Yeah, like like and together like that whole twins synchronicity. Yeah, those were two were fire. Yeah, they're fire as hell. But Unalak was on a different level. Like he was oh, like yeah. he was a crazy waterbender. Like he was really that guy, and he had a super in touch. With, he was really in touch with the spirit world too. In a, in a different kind of facet than the way most people were. So he's more in, like, the evil side of, like, the spirit world, I guess. And I think it shows you, like, also, you know, the as far as the evolution of bending, not only is it evolved, you know, just based on time, yeah. but I think it also evolved because there's no war now, you know, and how everything opened up, how, you know, the waterbenders, it was, all right, first off now, all, everyone can learn waterbending and everything, and it's more taking more time to learn your bending and your craft and everything instead of, you know, all right, you learned the basics. Now you got to go off and fight the Fire Nation because they're coming. Mm, okay, I, I hadn't thought about that, but it, it because I think sense. I think that part I think that partly took part. Uh, I mean, sorry, I think that partly was the part of the reason why you know you had some people who are stronger benders now and just like on a whole nother level like this because they had really time to study their craft. Because I mean, think about it. Like, uh, I'm forgetting what his name, Tar- uh, Amon's dad. Oh, um, Yakone. Yakone, man, you wouldn't have had the time to study. Into practice blood bending on that level, if you were out on the front lines having to fight all the time, it would have been like, "Yo, I'm a waterbender master. I'm strong. I'm one of the strongest here." And that probably that would have been your cap because mm-hmm. you just wouldn't have had the time to train like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things we don't really t- we t- people don't really look into. It's like you get stronger by combat experience, yes, but there's still a cap that ha- you're gonna hit there. You still have to actually take time out and train. You know, mm-hmm. um. It's something like even we talk about in like uh, when you're doing jujitsu, like, yeah, you can get better going to competitions and just competing, but there's only so much you can do if you're not getting enough mat time and practicing your craft and figuring out, all right, this is something new I can do here or figuring out a different way to do something right here. Yeah. No, no, that, that makes total sense. I never even, I never thought about it that way. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, let's meet, let's talk about Varric. Um, he ends up being a very, you know, you know, he's part of Team Avatar, essentially, I guess, at going forward. Um, his his ways are kind of shady, but I thought he, he was another comic relief guy. I thought him, him and Julie's relationship was very funny. Um, or Julie, I believe her name was. But uh, did you guys care for Varric at all? And there's actually fan theories out there that Varric is Sokka's son. We don't know for sure. but <laughs> God, that, that would make so much sense. Yeah, it would. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think about Varric? I kind of liked him. Mm-hmm. I think he was kind of dope. Um like you said, it was really com- it was really comedic relief, and it was kind of like he was a guy you didn't really know what he was going to do next. Mm-hmm. It was unexpected, and but you did know everything was going to be for his benefit. Yeah, Julian, I have no idea who this is. Okay, he's the guy in Legend of Korra. He's like their like technology guy. He builds a lot of shit. Mastermind. He okay. Anyway, so aside from the whole spirit realm problem that we were facing in season two, another main problem was the Northern Water Tribe going to civil war with the Southern Water Tribe. Unalak was the head of that. He basically said, you know, we're better than y'all, so we're, we're going to take y'all over and become, <laughs> and become one. That was definitely problematic for many reasons. Um, and also, it kind of explored Tenzin's strained relationship with his uh, siblings that we, we get to meet more in this season, Kaya and Bumi, who are Aang's children. <coughs> Kaya's a waterbender. Bumi's a non-bender, but he's somehow managed to be a general, a high-ranking general, despite his, the fact that he's a non-bending and he seemed pretty goofy. Um, what, what, were, what were you guys' thoughts on uh, Buma, Bumi and Kaya and Katara's children? Um, I liked them. I liked I liked the uh, 
I like that they showed that Aang wasn't the best parent. Yeah, I thought it was very realistic, that. yeah. Yeah, very realistic. I think, well, him and Katara both, because if Katara was an A1 parent, she would have, you know, basically told Aang, like, you got to stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because Aang favored Tenzin so much because he was an airbender that he took him everywhere and all this, and he was clearly the favorite child. Mm-hmm. And Kaya and Boomy were just left to, like, all right, well, your mom's going to raise you. Y'all not... Y'all not that important to me kind of deal. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is not true, but it's just the way he acted. And so they grew up, and it, it seems like they grew up kind of resenting Tenzin for that because mm-hmm. of his ignorance is for it as well. Because you sure. can even see it now. He's like, what? No, we all blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, you were with dad. <laughs> yeah. You were with dad. You did those things. We were in the South Pole because you were the prize. You were the golden boy. Yeah. Uh, Julian, you, you, you remember Kaya and Boomy? No. Oh, wow. Uh, moving on Okay so As a season What about you Monty? Yeah what Oh yeah um, I like Kaya I thought she was cool <laughs> Boomy um, King I'm, I just don't have a thing For goofy characters I I mean To be Aang's son And to be that goofy I get it you're based off Of King Boomy I guess But yeah, I thought he was very Like he wasn't serviceable In my opinion But moving on uh, Jesus Cora becomes more in touch with her, with her spiritual side As the season progresses And this is when we finally Get to one To my Favorite episode of the season, possibly, I mean, the series, or possibly the season two, um, which was the origins of the Avatar. I thought, okay, now we're we're on track. Like, this episode, these two episodes were so dope. Because I've always wondered, like, what, what was the first Avatar? How did he get his bending? And they really took their time to, the, to show Avatar Wan and what he had to go through um, in yeah. the time when there was no benders. And I thought it was just a super, super dope story. I was so intrigued. This is when season two started to pick up for me. Yeah. Um, this was this was just basic fan service, yeah. like, which I, I love. I know a lot of people are not a fan of fan service, which well, it is was really more than fucking just, weird. Because it, it it you had um, the, the Rava and, and Vatsu, which was very important in the season. So it was well, yeah, but I, I meant, I meant in terms of explaining explaining the origins of the Avatar. Like, okay. like, they knew that people really wanted this. Yeah. And in a season where we've stated that it's been a little slow mm-hmm. they kind of gave everybody something yeah so that's, that's why i call it fan service personally okay. but yeah i mean it's it's it was it was great to see the origins because i mean like it's like i said like it's something that every real fan wanted to see like how did this actually begin and for them to go as in-depth and explain it as real and raw as they did was yeah. again it just makes you think like these niggas are geniuses yeah like to like actually have like a whole thought out world mm-hmm. fleshed out like like you know yeah so yeah it was it was a great episode great great uh explanation and great um just great all together yeah mike yeah i'm gonna echo those sentiments except like i think i think it was long overdue mm-hmm. i think the origins of the avatar i think that could have been explained in the last airbender probably in season one and book when they were just doing random things in the episodes mm-hmm. that could have been in there but i mean Hey, better late than never, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it kind of makes it. It kind of makes sense leading up to the season finale to explain it now. Yeah. Especially at that time, since though, since you know, the season finale was gonna be about, you know, uh, Rava and Vatu basically, mm-hmm. and you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Unalak. Unalak. Uh-huh. Yeah, Unalak becoming the 
anti Avatar. Dark Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. The nigga Avatar. <laughs> the nigga Avatar. <laughs> the nigga chin. <laughs> I said nigga, nigga, N E G, negative. The nigga chin. Okay, yeah. you know what? <laughs> yeah. And then we also learned about <laughs> Janora's strong connection with this uh, with the spiritual world, which I thought. I mean, I get it. Like I thought, her was kind of op in my opinion. Like she, we thought Iro had a strong connection. This bitch, like, it's like ten years old. Like she had a connection, connection. Like she was in that bitch, like in the spirit world, like unknowingly. Just oh, I'm here. Like it's, e- it's easy to get here. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I, I mean, but she's she's an airbender though. Yeah, man, and, yeah. and she's Aang's son, so I mean, she has to have some latent she, ability, she, right? She's not Aang's son. I mean, Tenzin's granddaughter. son. Yeah. Sorry, granddaughter. But, but, yeah. but Tenzin couldn't Her get in daughter. the spirit world. Anyway. <laughs> that was the funniest s ever. Yeah, he was hating. He was hating. Tenzin was hating. He said, "Hold on, Janora's in the spirit world." What you mean? You in the spirit world? How the fuck did this bitch? Well, he was trying to teach Core how to get in. Yeah, you just gotta focus. Gotta focus. Oh, what's yeah. the spirit? I've never actually been though. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was. I mean, that was cool. But Janora, she got. She has more to do as the seasons go on. But didn't Cora like at the end of the season? Didn't she like like leave the gateway to the spirit world open? And yeah, that's how yeah. people got about power to get to the season shit? finale. Yeah. Oh, was that the finale? Yeah. Oh, so bad. as Julian um, <laughs> kind of rushed ahead, rushed ahead of things, uh, season finale, we have uh, Unalak merges with Vatu to become the Dark Avatar, and Cora defeats him. Now this, this is where it kind of gets silly to me. Like, okay, wait, wait, wait. The Dark Avatar? Yeah. That, I don't remember that at all. Okay, so Vatu... Okay, so the Avatar is the Avatar because... The spirit. She merges with... Or he he or she merges with... Um, what's the other spirit name? Vatu and and um, Rava. Mm-hmm. So every Avatar... I low white because that's, that's Rava inside of them mm-hmm. or whatever. So he merged with the other spirit, the Dark Spirit. Okay, because it's the Yen-Yang. Vatu. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why he became the Dark Avatar. So... Whoa. Corey <laughs> defeats this nigga by becoming a huge spirit and they have like a huge fight and they're both like blasting off like Kamehameha beans and shit at each other. I'm like, <laughs> no, it literally, I'm like, it literally <laughs> became that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. This part was silly to me. Like, I You're get it. You're not even bending anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, th- it's turned I thought into the creators, something else. I thought the creators were lazy in the storytelling with that aspect of it because first of all, I think, didn't she like, Lose her connection to the spirit world anyway, and she yes, gained yeah. it, gained it out of nowhere, and became a huge like energy, like being of energy. And I was like, that shit was. I didn't like that part at all. To be honest, which is why season two kind of isn't there for me. But anyway, um, she loses to well, she she ends up beating Vatu and Unalog, but she loses her connection to the past avatars, and that's a huge thing going forward that they kind of didn't address after this. And she decides to keep the gate open between the spirit world and the physical mm-hmm. world. So, what were you guys' thoughts on the season finale? I mean, this is a lot happened. Yeah. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on it? So like I I don't remember the whole command man battle, but yeah. what what, <laughs> what it, was, it was crazy. Like, yeah, go, but, bro, like go back and watch YouTube? that shit. No, but yeah, no, but like what, what I what, what I really remember was was her was her decision to to leave the gate open. And I'm just yeah. like, huh? Like what? Wh- why? Because she um, okay. Go no, ahead. I mean no, I mean okay. I, I understand. Like, but like, and then I I do remember that niggas started getting powers. Like I think at the end, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, okay, yeah, great. But yeah, I don't. I wasn't. Yeah, Mike. I don't think she could have anticipated, you know, just random airbenders popping up. Of course now. not. Of course but, not, but I do like the decision of of bringing the worlds back together. Mm-hmm. Spirit and humans um, together, yeah. Because one thing, you know, they 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 took the they separated the worlds. The uh, Juan did because for you know, a reason. Yeah, because you know humans are humans, and they weren't getting along with spirits because they're humans mm-hmm. and then the spirits was like all right well all humans are the same so now we about to just be about that life and just get rid of y'all mm-hmm. so you know they separated them and put the spirits in the spirit world i think that is i think that we're at a place now that she felt they were at a place now and i kind of felt the same way that yo y'all got to learn to work this out 
because you got to be able to live in harmony with the spirits around you. Everyone should be able to have that connection, not just the Avatar and Airbender. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can go into book three now. Book three is called Change. So as as we guys, have, I mean, as we already stated, the, the spirit world and the physical world are now converged and they're, they're now one. And as you also stated, the Airbenders are now popping up everywhere. Um, and some of those include Boomy and Zaheer. Uh, Zaheer is the new baddie for this villain, um, the new bad guy. <laughs> the, okay, Monty. The All new right. villain for this season. He's a baddie. He's a bad bitch. Okay. Um, Zaheer is regarded like like I hear like many people say he's their favorite Avatar villain ever, and he's super cool. Like, I'm about to say this nigga's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so cool. He's so I like Amon better, but I like I think Zaheer is so dope as well though. Um, so Team Avatar and Tenzin and all of them go looking for the new Airbenders that have been popping up everywhere to try and restore the air, air nomad nation. So how do you guys feel about going into season three of the legend of Korra? First of all, the main thing I remember if, if, if I'm going to forget everything about this show, the one yeah. thing I remember is when that nigga Zaire started flying. <laughs> I was yeah, just yeah. like, Oh no, this nigga did not like yeah. this nigga is, he was, he was five, bro. Um, he was, he was, he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Didn't sh- he, he, for some reason, I I do remember not liking the fact that he was extremely adept at controlling his newfound uh, airbending yeah, yeah, ability. That kind of bothered me too. Like like he was like really like yeah. I yeah. I got it. Yeah. I was just like oh, okay whatever. But he did spend his whole life learning, um, like was well, studying like Avatar, like well the Air Nation or whatever. But so. he still never had the ability. Yeah, exactly. Until yeah. two weeks ago, that probably kind of unexplained. But, but yeah, whatever. I agree. I tend to fall in alignment with that thought. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on season three and the, the air airbenders popping up no out of nowhere? Didn't Aang's youngest? I mean, I keep saying Aang. Yeah, Tenzin's yeah. youngest son get yeah, the ability. I said to? That, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boomy. Yeah. No, t- Tenzin's youngest son, the uh, the funny one. Oh, he, he what? Did, didn't he get the airbending ability too? Oh, uh, he always had airbending. Yeah, Boomy was always an airbender. No, his, his name is not Boomy, isn't it? No, not Boomy. God dang it! The the, uh, uh, the funny one, Milu. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Milu. Yeah. So it, it was. It was. Yes, right. He has two girls and a boy. My fault. Yeah. But anyway, Mike, what were well, your thoughts? Doesn't have a baby too, though. Oh yeah, he, he does have a baby. Yeah. Like so he was starting to, he was pushing them out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he was pushing them out. But now, see, the great thing about all the airbenders and nomads now is his wife can go, woof, not on me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, look, the, air simple, the airbenders have been restored now, effectively. Mm-hmm. Good job, Cora. Um, I think it was needed because, like I said, it needed to bring, the balance was, the balance was thrown off from when Sozin decided to eliminate airbenders. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we know about a lot of this with Avatar, going back to the original, the last airbender was everything had to be in balance. And that's what the Avatar's job was to do, was to keep the world in balance and harmony. Mm-hmm. So when all those airbenders started popping up, I was like, okay, so yeah, that was a good move then. That was a good move in hindsight because, you know, it kind of, it did restore balance to the world as far as the benders are concerned and everything. Now you just got to find the balance between people and spirits. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we also um, meet Lin's sister Sue, Sue Yin Beifong, uh, who is Toph's other daughter, and her daughter Opal. Um, so we we seem to learn that you know Lin and Sue's relationship is very strained, and we see in a flashback why. Like you know Sue when she was younger, she was just like a wild child, and Sue always tried, I mean Lin always tried to bring her in, but Sue wasn't having it. And now that Sue's older, Sue seemed to have like a a more reserved nature to her, and she wants to like you know have that relationship with her sister restored. But Lin isn't going for it. And um, it's just a cool little, you know, cool little situation going on with uh, Lynn and Sue and her daughter Opal, who Bolin falls for immediately. Um, do you have any thoughts about the the whole Bayfong family that's, that's been extended now? Yeah, the, the dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I felt for Lynn. 
Um, as far as her relationship with Sue, because of, you know, because of the history and everything, I felt for her on that because one of my brothers was like a you know kind of like a rowdy child like that, and me being oldest, I was always expected you know to be the leader and to try and maintain order and get everyone in line, and he just wouldn't, mm-hmm. and so we fought a lot. Yeah, that's where a lot of those holes came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know now he's better and everything, but our relationship isn't where it could be. Mm-hmm. Partially because I'm just like, all right, cool, you're doing your own thing, just whatever. Yeah. Um. So I definitely feel where she's coming from, and I also definitely feel where it's like, Sue's like, hey, look, man, we were kids, like, you know, we were younger and all this mess, and like we're grown now, so act grown. Yeah. And, you know, talk to me, I'm your sister. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I'm, I fall more so on Lynn's side too. Like, you know, like I can't just brush all that shit off the rug. Like, you, we, we, I tried to get you right for all these years, and now all of a sudden you're right. And you just want to. I'm supposed to be just fall in line with what you're saying now. Like, and it also shows that Tra- Toph was more of a trash parent than Aang and Katara. Yeah, so yeah. Like, good lord, yeah, yeah. Team Avatar can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that too. Like, these guys grew up not, like, Team Avatar was not perfect when they grew up. Toph was not, she just wasn't feeling like, like, motherly duties weren't her thing. Like, well, she wanted to. I could have guessed that Toph would have been a trash mother. Yeah. But I would have never guessed that she would have been like, I don't know who your fathers are. Yeah, now there's also a fan theory Sokka. that yeah, about to say there's also a fan theory that Sokka is their father. But didn't they uh, but say they have different fathers though? Who said that? They, uh, was, uh, they were Lin? talking. Yeah, Lynn. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that part. But if, if so, but still, well, Sokka could be one of the fathers because you know, even in the last Airbender, we saw like um, Toph always liked Sokka. Oh yeah, she always grabbed on to him whenever like they got onto the bison yeah. and fly because she was uncomfortable. Yeah, she was latched <laughs> on Sokka. So that's not confirmed, <laughs> but it's it's just a cool theory to think that maybe Sokka and, and um. Talking and, and, and talking Talk. thing. Did, did y'all enjoy the 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 flashbacks? I mean, there, there weren't very many of them. Yeah, but no, like I, the, I lived for the flashbacks because that's okay. the, that's my only connection I had to the last Airbender. So I wish they kind of had more flashbacks, but I understand that like, they want to do their own thing with these yeah. new characters. But I love seeing Aang with the with the chest strap. Yeah, just, <laughs> I love I love seeing yeah. the Team Avatar. I wish they gave like Sokka for some reason. He did not get hardly any screen time in, in uh, the Legend of Korra Core, for whatever yeah. reason. They, they focused on Zuko. They focused on Katara, whatever. But. I don't know what they just didn't give Sokka a lot to do, but I, I love the flashbacks. Did he even appear in Legend of Korra besides the flashbacks? I think he did. Oh, oh, but, oh no, flashback? No, 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 he did. Yeah, I just said the flashbacks. He I died. Him. Oh, he he died like Aang before before the yeah, show started. I figured. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's uh, they I remember Katara made like a brief appearance. Yeah, she was yeah, there season she was one. In the, yeah, yeah, she was in the southern air. The, I mean, the South Pole. I liked it too. Um, I liked the flashbacks only because like. Because we were cheated out of book four of the <laughs> original yeah. that is still supposed to have been made, and then Nickelodeon canceled or scrapped for some reason, and the creators were not happy about that. Because of streaming. Well, the crazy. Well, the crazy thing is though, like they're partnered with Netflix to make a new show. Yeah, so yeah, it's live it's supposed action, to be live yeah. action. Yeah, and they partnered with the original creators, who, by the way, both of them just split because they said, "All right, we got differences in what we want to do with let's, Netflix." Let's, let's listen to the pod. Do. We address that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay, but yeah. Um, also, in season three, um, book three, or should I say, change? We we get to meet the Red Lotus, who is the opposite of the White Lotus, I guess, and we we meet some pretty strong benders who are on Zahir's team. We have Gazan. The first lava bender that we see, well, besides Sozin or whatever. I mean, not Sozin, but was it? Yeah, yeah, Sozin and Roku. Um, We meet Gazan, a very powerful lava bender, which is he's an earth bender. That's a form of earth bending that we see, which is new. Uh, Ming Hua, which is the water bender with no arms, who has like the octopus arms. She's very powerful as well. And then we meet Pai Li, who has the the next kind of combustion bender since we've seen since Combustion Man. So he has a very strong team of benders. And um, what were you guys' thoughts on the Red Lotus as 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 a threat? 
This Team is Avatar. I think I think right around here is where I stopped watching. Okay. Because like I, I remember them like teaming up and coming together on like mm. some platform. Yeah. And I, I I because you said the girl that didn't have no arms as a waterbender, like yeah. I really remember. Mm-hmm. Um but like right around here is where like the show for whatever reason lost me and I didn't finish it. Okay. But yeah. I remember them. I remember that they had a objective, but yeah. don't remember anything after this. So their main goal was to kill the Avatar because they wanted to kill the Avatar in the Avatar state because, as you know, that's when the, their connection ends. And to hear his whole, whole goal, he was like, there, there shouldn't be Avatar. Everybody should be on an equal playing field. So by killing the Avatar in the Avatar state, there, there'd be no more Avatar and everybody could just be equal, quote unquote. He was a straight anarchist. Yeah, he was. Him. Cool. Um, I liked, <laughs> bro, I liked the Red Lotus. All right, so I like to hear. So first off, he was he was awesome the fact that the man was already before he even got the airbending abilities he was already meditating like he was an airbender and had read the books and the different scrolls of very the convenient that he became an airbender. right it was very <laughs> convenient he got airbending powers yeah um and Pileen, i love to her too because yo she took that combustion building to to a whole nother level because you know the combustion bending it took a second to fire off mm-hmm. she's just sitting around spinning with this mess like yeah. It's nothing and just firing it off like nothing, man. Yeah. And um I forget Lava Man's name, but he was pretty dope too. Gazan. Yeah, Gazan was cool. And then Minghua. The, Minghua was weird. <laughs> Minghua. She, she creeped me out. I'm not yeah. honest. She creeped me out. The having the no arms and then being like the all the octopus been yeah. it was weird to me. Yeah. But she was strong. She was dope, but she was weird. But one thing that we we've kind of seen with the with the people who can bust and bend is that it always comes to their their, their detriment, like with the the old one, Sokka's boomerang, he blew himself up, and then with this one, uh, a Suyin Beifong covered her face, which was a dope was ass scene. Was it Suyin or was it Lin? No, it, it was, was one of them. Because I know they were both. Fun. Bro, that was. <laughs> she my covered brothers. her face with metal as she was trying to combustion bend and blowing her head off. Like that was like oh combustion bending is strong, but it can very easily backfire on you, as we've seen both times. Wow. My brothers and I, when we saw that, we were just like, "Yo, <laughs> yeah, I, I, she I was, killed that bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a dope scene. That was a super dope scene. And as I hear, that was the one thing that tethered him to the earth was her. Yeah. And immediately after that, he's like, "Oh, I can fly now." Yeah. <laughs> so that that kind of begs the question: like, if if Ang never had a connection with Katara, could he have learned to fly? Which you know, I assume so, but because that was his whole I, thing was I assume so. Yeah. I think the I think the thing first off, I think it's like because remember, it's not about. It's not about like uh, it was about being able to let go of all your earthly attachments, mm-hmm. and I don't think Ang was just capable of letting go. Yeah, as so here it was. Yeah, because remember, even that's why he couldn't go and that's why he stopped the Avatar State Train because he just wasn't capable of letting go of Katara. Yeah, and at twelve years old, how can you expect somebody to? Do, yeah, he's do not it, even know? control of his emotions. I'm in love with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, also a highlight of this season to me. To me, this is the best season besides season one. Is the uh, we get old Zuko like he gets like a prominent role in this season. Like we, I've been wondering where is Zuko? Where is Zuko? We saw his grandson in the season one finale, uh, Ira, which he named his grandson Ira, which is pretty cool. But yeah, uh, yeah we meet um, who looks just like him, and he's voiced by the same actor as Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> we meet um, old man Zuko, and he's so much different than how he is in his younger counterpart, which makes sense. Like people grow up and evolve. He's kind of like an Ira type figure almost, and uh, I love seeing old Zuko, which makes so much more sense now with all he's been through and how much he was with Iroh even like after Mm -hmm. the events of The Last Airbender it makes sense that he's gonna grow up and be like Iroh yeah also, one of the most G things ever is the fact that Iroh didn't die. He just went to the spirit world. Oh, just yeah. Just left his body and was like, I'm here forever I'm now. so sorry. A highlight of season two was seeing Iroh again in the, in the spirit world when 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 he met Janora and, uh, and Korra. Like, that was so mm. great, seeing Iroh again. Um, and also, as badass as that 
old man Zuko has a fucking pet dragon. Like, yeah, he's got a dragon. I was <laughs> like, like oh, shit. did you go and breed now? Breed <laughs> like, him? That shit was dope as hell. Like, the nigga just has a dragon he rides. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, moving on with season three. So let's kind of get... Oh, um, Bolin learns... Okay, so this is the whole season finale type thing. Um, Bolin learns to lava Ben, which is huge. Okay, so the, the whole implications are that if you can't metal Ben, you can probably lava Ben. But you can't do both. Earthbenders cannot do both. And so for Bolin struggled so long with trying to earth with trying to metal bend, even though he's a very talented earth bend, but he could not metal bend for whatever reason. And we learned that he can lava bend, so that's pretty cool. Um I if I'd call him a talented earthbender. He, he's pretty talented. He's At pretty this talented. point, yeah. Yeah. Um so in the season finale, all the Red Lotus members die. Minghua is zapped by the, the lightning by uh, Mako. Um is Gazan kills him fucking self. He kills himself. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> I was that's a, that's a that's a bad way to go out though. He said, "Fuck it, I'm about to kill myself." And uh, Pylea, of course, got her head blown off, and Zahir is left to battle Korra, and he poisons Korra with this metal poison, I guess, and because he wants to activate her avatar state so he can kill her while she's in that state. And we have a super intense battle between uh, uh, Zahir and Korra, and Korra's going him even though she's poisoned, but Zahir is going him too. He's flying everywhere. The battle kind of like really like reminded me of that Aang versus um. Ozai, Ozai fight because they're both fighting like while they're in the air and shit. I thought that was, that was a very was, dope fight too. That was too. a dope fight. Uh, yeah. So, what are you guys' thoughts on this? And oh, I'm sorry. Korra is wheelchair bound after the fight because um you know she's poisoned, so she's like in the wheelchair forever now. And then Janora becomes an airbending master at the end of the show. So, hats off to, to Janora. But what were you guys' thoughts on the season three finale of uh, Legend of Korra? I thought it was really good. I think it was. I think it was really good too. And I think like leading up. I think leading up to uh, the, uh, I think leading up to that, you know, even like seeing like Tenzin get ready to throw hands with. Uh, oh yeah, when, he, when yeah. he started fighting, him and Kaya started fighting uh, 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 Zahir. Yeah, and they had Zahir had to run away because yeah. he was not ready for that Tenzin. I love showed I how the, strong Tenzin was. Yeah, I loved how the show because I was wondering like, is Zahir stronger than, than fucking Tenzin? Nah, buddy. I, I loved how the show said so, yes. Zahir is fucking powerful, but. He's not an airbending master yet, and, yeah. and Tenzin gave Zahir work. I, Tenzin I, I love gave that. him that work. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like this. I like this season finale. I think it was a well done fight, especially like with Korra having to try to battle back the Avatar state after being poisoned, mm-hmm. and having to fight him at the same time. Really, just showed not only just like the strength she has physically, but it shows so much mental strength and concentration you have to be to hold back all that av- all that power mm-hmm. and from being taken over because this man's trying to kill you. Yeah. And he's showing he will kill because remember he walked up in there and killed the Earth Queen. Oh, that was so dope. He took the air out of her body. Like I'm <laughs> he like, took bro, the air right up out of her I'm lungs. Like, Airbenders can be really, I mean, I'm sorry, Airbenders can be so dangerous. Like if they really just wanted to and like they weren't like very like pacifist, they could really just fuck some shit up. They can just take air out really of people's could. body. They really could. Yeah, so go ahead. But yeah, so I think that was a great fight, and I liked uh, even the ending when you know Cora's wheelchair uh, is in a wheelchair now because she's like, "Yo, I'm still poisoned." <laughs> no one's like, "Hey, we can't get the poison out." Even though I was like, "It's a metal poison, so why can't y'all just metal bend it out?" But, well, okay. Uh, um, um, Sue did metal bend it out, but she couldn't get all the the fine fragment, the yeah. fine fragments of the metal. So, it and apparently, dope. it was that all those fine fragments were still enough to yeah. Tony Stark her. Yeah. Well, Rhodey her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Julia, did you have? Uh, did you finish? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, so let's get into the last book here, Book Four, Balance. Um, three. This this is a pretty cool season to me because it takes place three years after the events of season three, so a lot has changed. Um, Cora is still wheelchair. Well, she's walking now, but she's still like very. You know, you can tell she's traumatized from the events of Zaheer. She's not at her full strength. She's she's ashamed that she's the Avatar because like the world doesn't really need her anymore. It feels like. 
Um, Kuvira is a new um, villain of season four. She's an earthbending villain, which we, we've never really seen before. Like besides like the Dai Li, we've never seen a strong, like a super strong earthbender who just really wants to fuck shit up. And so we meet Kavira, who's a change of pace, which I like Kavira. And uh, she's trying to conquer all the Earth Kingdoms under her rule. Um, so, yeah. So what were you guys' thoughts about season... You didn't watch season four, did you? Well, Mike, what's your thoughts on season four of... Uh, I loved it. Kavira reminded me of, like, a Stalin. Like, we're going to take everybody that's the same. We're going to take all these Earthmen and Kingdoms, and we're going to unite them under one banner, and we're going to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Uh, I liked her character, Russ. She was cocky. She was very cocky. Yeah, but super cocky. Because but, but she, she, knew, she, she earned it, though. Yeah, she earned it. Like, this woman here was, like, was a master, man. Yeah. And it wasn't just, met, it wasn't even she was, it wasn't even that she was metal banging everyone. She was doing it with straight earth and putting hands on folks. Yeah. And obviously she was a great military tactician to be able to do what she did and just be able to march and keep taking these places and folding them into her army because it's not even... It's not that it's not enough to just conquer a place. Yeah, like that. You got to be able to fold them into your forces, especially as big as the Earth Kingdom is mm-hmm. as a whole. And she's able to inspire the people that way. So I actually liked her as a villain on that one, and I definitely liked that first encounter she had with Korra when Korra decided to try to fight her. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. She gave Korra that work. She beat the dog shit out of Korra. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she did. And I was like, and like that's when I knew I was like, okay, Kavira is real. Like I've yeah. never seen an Earthbender like. Earth been like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like most Earth are very like, you know, they have very strong, rigid techniques. She's very swift yeah. and like, you know, she's just a very different kind of Earth bender, and I like yeah, her a lot. Definitely. Um, so we also a highlight of this season to me was like a super highlight was that we meet old Toph. So I've been wondering, like, like Zuko was in season three. I'm like, where the fuck is Toph at? We keep hearing about this ancient legend, the metal bending creator, the one everybody worships, like all the Earth benders worship. Where's Toph at? So we finally meet Toph. She's hiding out in the swamp. And, uh, you know, Korra kind of goes to her like, you know, can you help me with my, you know, my ailment or whatever? And then Toph takes out all the metal out of out of Korra because there was still some left. Cause she was like, huh, my, my daughter, Su Yin and, and, and Lin still haven't mastered earthbending like me. <laughs> and she takes out all the all, all the metal bending. And Toph is just still that same person that we met in the last airbender. She's still that rambunctious, you know, just go get her, even though she's blind. She's an old lady, but she, you can still tell she's that deal. When it comes to earth bending, so I just like I love seeing Toph again. What were your thoughts on meeting Toph? I love seeing her again too, and I love that they brought it back to something you saw in the last Airbender in that uh, forest. Remember that's where they uh, the the, uh, the swamp vine, the yeah. swamps where mm-hmm. they pulled mm-hmm. them down. Yeah, that's where Ang met saw that tree, and she went back and she's and been that's when Ang saw the first vision of Toph too. He, yeah, like, Toph is gonna be my airbending man. I mean, my, my airbending master. master. Yeah. yeah, and so he was at that tree. She's at she's chilling at that tree, which is connected to the whole world because she's like, yo. I've been able to see everything that's happened here. Yeah. Like, yeah, I might be blind, but I've been able to see everything because this tree is connected with everything and I'm connected with the tree now. Like, yeah. I love seeing that. And I love seeing, like you said, the fact that she's just so great that she's able to, oh, yeah, my daughters ain't nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess they just never going to be anything. Yeah, here's that metal you were looking for. Um, and then, you know, we also learned that this tree is like there's a lot of spirit energy coming from this tree and the vine that the, the tree produces. And so Kuvira is harnessing these uh, these tree vines because they have like an explosive impact when you use them in a certain way. So she wants to use that for her army. And so she's, she's collecting all these spirit vines or whatever. And then Korra has to go to confront Zaheer again because she's like, you know, Toph has gotten out all my poison, but I still don't feel like my, my true self again. PTSD is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she still doesn't feel like her true self. So she goes, you know what? 
I'm going to go to the source of the reason why I feel this way, which is the here from season three. Like you traumatize me. What's going on now? Of course, the here is in a prison. He's flying. He's floating in his prison, which is so dope. And she goes like, why can't I, you know, why didn't she take his bending away? Right. right. (laughs) Why didn't you take the most dangerous airbenders bending away? Anyway, she goes, why can't I uh, access the spirit world? Why are you still haunting me? And he just he he enlightens her, you know, and I love that. You know, he's still willing to help her because he doesn't really want to kill her. That's just she's a she's she's an obstacle in his way for for achieving what he wants. And so Zaheer has another great scene in this in this season. What were your thoughts on her meeting Zaheer again and her getting over that PTSD? I think it was kind of full circle because it also shows that, you know, to get over your PTSD and stuff like that, to get over your trauma, you some a lot of times you got to face that trauma again, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to get over it. Because, I mean. Um, and, uh, I like how he was able to help her because at the end of the day, he doesn't want her being killed by somebody like Kuvira mm-hmm. because if she dies by Kuvira's hand and she's not an avatar state, then now he's got to go find a brand new avatar after they've been hidden by the white Lotus exactly, and trained up and they might be stronger than her. Now it's a harder time for him. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense that he's like, yo, I almost had you. So I'll tell you what you need to do and why it's you messing up so you can go put hands on this girl. Cause also, you know, like he said, his whole thing was kind of like anarchy and everyone should be on an even playing field. Kavir is not that. Yeah. Kavir is definitely not that. She's more, I don't know, what would you say? She's more communist or fascist, kind of. Yeah. And she's she's definitely, she's definitely not anarchist, though. Mm-hmm. And that was, that that's not what he wants. He just, like I said, he wants everything on a level playing field and Kavir is just taking over. Yeah. And speaking of Kavir, like I said, she's harnessing the force of the spirit vines. And she has developed her and her and her science team have developed an extremely powerful mech. This thing is like stories and stories tall, like it's tall as like a damn skyscraper. And we've never seen anything like this on Avatar before. Like this is a huge, basically robot that can come and just level cities, like at at any time like it wants to. Like it has powerful beams from the spirit vines, and this is a new threat to the to uh, Republic City. And so Korra bands together again, once again, once again with the. Uh, team avatar to try to stop this huge mech and it, it ends up in a huge brawl which comes to like the season finale uh team avatar ends up taking down the mech which was hard to take down and then core defeats kuvira and uh core and asami go off into the spirit world but a lot of that was unpacked just now but what were your thoughts on the season finale of season four how the series ultimately end up ended up ending um so i was like oh cool they have a megazord now <laughs> yeah pretty much a megazord i was yeah. like first they're first they're doing command mail waves this giant spirit beings <laughs> now they got a megazord like yeah. this is what's happening um i like the season i like the way that it, i like the way it ended obviously uh as much as i like kuvir kuvir had to go mm-hmm. um especially now that she was doing she didn't die like though that. no she didn't die yeah. but she had to be she had to be beat like yeah. she had to go yeah um she was doing too much and I like that in the end, after everything, because, you know, once again, we're talking about, you know, through all this stuff that's happening, Kor and Mako, I mean, yeah, Kor and Mako still having their little thing or whatever. And um, she gets and she leaves with Asami and is just like, nah, we're just going to go. Yeah. So like, screw, screw this romance stuff with y'all. We're just going to go and we're going to be at peace for a while because, I mean, Kor has been through Cora has been through hell. She has been through hell. Yeah. She's a teenager, but bro, she has been through hell through these these four seasons. Mm-hmm. She deserves some R and R in the spirit world or whatever, man. Yeah, she, I totally agree. And many people were so mad the fact that oh my god, we have a lesbian character, and they said oh it came out of nowhere. Like no, if you, like I said, I watched it recently, so I know. Even in season one, I know season two, you start to see the budding romance between Asami and Cora. It's very subtle. Well, of course, it's a kids show. And so that whole thing at the end when her and Asami end up like, you know, being together and going into the spirit world together, 
it kind of, I mean, it, it wasn't out of nowhere is my point. Like, it was a budding relationship, and Cora is obviously bisexual, which is, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Many people did. I literally don't give a fuck. I mean, did it bother you that Cora was, was bisexual? I mean, I wasn't a fan of it, but okay. at the same time, like, I just wasn't a fan of the romance in general. Okay. So, there's that. I didn't really care, because, like, it's not like I had to watch them... It's not like I had to watch them throughout all the seasons, Jill, just going around, oh, I love you, I love you, this, isn't this, getting all wishy-washy, it's whatever. Yeah. So they ride off into the sunset in the final episode. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's it's not like a it's not like a big deal to me. It's not as bad as what freaking Young Justice did. <laughs> okay, so it's totally agree. <laughs> That's right, guys, I'm back. <laughs> so so I'm back. How dare Young Justice go that Pandering far? Pandering with the Aqualad thing? Everybody. It's more than half. Oh, it's more than half. They yeah. did that whole final scene. Everybody. It was yeah. like, there's, there's, there's you like, need to be gay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you need to be gay. Yeah, there, there's like 10 gay characters now. Oh, really? I yeah. People I that are not supposed to be gay. Like who? Yeah. I'm, we're not gonna go. Right. Okay, okay, not, sorry. Not, okay, anyway, not today. It's Avatar. Um, I'm about to wrap it up, guys. What were your overall thoughts on Legend of Korra? How does it rank compared to Last Airbender? Um, go, Julian. I know you didn't finish it, but yeah, based on what you I saw, mean, based on based on what I saw, I mean, The Legend of Korra is still a great show. I mean, it. it I, I do want to finish it one day. Uh, I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. Because <laughs> whole, whole new season. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what the hell y'all was on the season four. But uh, I mean, like for for the first three seasons, I saw like there, there was a lot of stuff in there, but. I guess it just didn't capture me like Avatar: The Last Airbender did, but how could it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not fair to compare yeah. the two shows, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we stated on the pod how we feel about The Last Airbender. Like, it's one of the greatest. You you just said it's one of the greatest cartoons ever, or your favorite, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the greatest. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I mean, it it is very very good. It's the best thing Nickelodeon's ever done. So um, it, it's kind of hard to compare that to The Legend of Korra, but in its own right, Legend of Korra is a great show. I'll say that. Okay, Mike, what are your thoughts? I agree. Legend of Korra is a great show, and I think it got, I think it's kind of unfair how we judge Legend of Korra because we're putting it against something that was a work of art. Mm. Like, they got Avatar The Last Airbender just like, they got it right. And it was really just a work of art, the whole thing. And so we're going to put up, you know, the sequel following up, uh, uh, the sequel following it, we're judging and comparing it to Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's just not fair because it's its own separate thing, and you can't expect them to replicate something like that. Sure. So yeah, I, I'll end it off here. Yeah, I think Last Airbender is a better show overall, but Legend of Korra is still great in its own right. But the one thing I will praise Legend of Korra about that Last Airbender didn't have is that it's definitely more complex than the Last Airbender. So, oh yeah. But sometimes too, it's, it's detriment. Though. So I was about to say, like, I, I don't know if Avatar: The Last Airbender needed. Yeah, to yeah be, exactly. So you know. it was a great, you know, just to start off with the universe. Like, you know, we got to see a villain, you know, a kid overcome his adversities, but. Legend of Korra explored some really deep themes. Like I said, all the villains kind of represented different, you know, ideologies politically. Uh, Amon was communism, Unalak was theocracy, Zahir was anarchism, and Kuvera was, was fascism. So, like that kind of like kids that that go over a kid's head. Even probably did, did even though kids watched it. So it was more complex. But I say the reason why Last Airbender is a better show is because it was just overall just great. Like it was just a great show. Uh, Legend of Korra, like I said, season two wasn't that good. Like it had its dips and, and high points. So. Last Airbender is more consistently a good show, but Legend of Korra is still definitely worth to watch. And um, if you're a fan of Last Airbender, you're probably going to like Legend of Korra, too. So yeah, I'll end it on that. People. Yeah, you guys have any thoughts? Any more thoughts before I end it? No, no sir. Great pod, man. Great, Great pod. pod. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you. Are we done? Is Mike? It? Adios. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>